Coming up on Jerusalem Dateline, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu emphasizing threats facing Israel on his whirlwind trip through the U.S., unveiling secrets of the Mossad, Israel's intelligence agency working to expose Iran's nuclear development, grassroots prayer movements on behalf of Israel's unborn and the country's safety. Plus, remembering the Yom Kippur War. All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu addressed the U.N. General Assembly Friday. He ends his week in the U.S. after a long-awaited meeting with President Joe Biden and with the prospect of an historic peace treaty with Saudi Arabia. Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman told Fox News' Brett Baer Saudi Arabia may normalize relations with Israel. Every day we get closer. It seems it's, for the first time, a real one, serious. Bin Salman told Baer the Palestinian issue is central to the deal. For us, the Palestinian issue is very important. We need to solve that part. And we have a good negotiation. It's continue. Till now, we got to see where it will go. We hope that it will reach a place that it will uh, ease the life of the Palestinians and get Israel back as a player in the Middle East. In their first meeting since Prime Minister Netanyahu took office, he told President Biden that with U.S. help, normal relations with Saudi Arabia are within reach. We can forge a historic peace between Israel and Saudi Arabia. And I think such a peace would go a long way first to uh, advance the end of the Arab-Israeli conflict achieve reconciliation between the Islamic world and the Jewish state, and advance a genuine peace between Israel and the Palestinians. In light of the potential agreement and likely Israeli concessions to the Palestinian Authority, Rabbi Leo D., whose wife and two daughters were murdered in a terror attack, wrote an open letter to President Biden and Crown Prince Ben Salman, calling on them to require the Palestinian leadership to stop rewarding terrorists. He wrote in part, it is up to you to demand as part of the peace agreement that is taking shape that the Palestinian Authority immediately annul the laws that reward the perpetrators of terrorist acts. My beloved wife and daughters, who never hurt a soul, would still be with me today if the PA was not providing terrorist families with financial incentives. The threat of a nuclear Iran represents an existential threat to both Israel and Saudi Arabia. And bin Salman warned if Iran gets a nuclear weapon, his country will too. Netanyahu encouraged President Biden to continue standing against a nuclear Iran. I think that's critical. And that shared goal of ours can be best achieved by a credible military threat, crippling sanctions, and supporting the brave men and women of Iran who despise that regime and who are our real partners for a better future. To help seal the deal, the Biden administration is considering a mutual U.S. defense pact with Saudi Arabia. That would compel the United States to come to the defense of the desert kingdom if it's attacked, a proposal that may require Senate approval. If normalization does come between Israel and Saudi Arabia, it has the potential to transform the Middle East. I'm joined now by CBN News Middle East analyst John Wagi to discuss Prime Minister Netanyahu's visit and what it means for Israel. You know, John, many people criticized uh, the prime minister, but some people would call it a tour de force visit to the U.S. that began with Elon Musk and ended with his speech at the U.N. 
Yeah, the, the thing that comes to mind to me, Chris, is that he had a plan going in. He really and truly did. And kudos to his team uh, that, that he planned with. Of course, as many have said, uh, there's no finer statesman than Israel has ever had. No matter what your politics are, the, the, there's no finer statesman than Netanyahu as far as representing Israel to the world. And uh, he's, he was able to do that in the U.S. Yes, he was dogged by protesters everywhere along the line. I've heard, seen one number that a uh, billion shekels have been spent on the protests now for the last 10 months. Um, but he started out on a ship going through choppy waters, and as the week went on, it seemed to get more still. Mm -hmm. uh, he And the meetings he had, I mean, you mentioned Elon Musk, and it wasn't just one subject like anti-Semitism, which came up, judicial reform came up, but also AI, the impact of artificial intelligence on the entire world. Those are subjects that people want to know what leaders are thinking mm -hmm. and talking about. Yeah. So it was a real coup, I think, for him to go uh, coast to coast and talk to Elon Musk in Tesla headquarters. And then you have meetings with the Prime Minister of Germany, uh, Zelensky, Guterres, warning him to stop the UN's mm -hmm. anti-Israel rhetoric. I mean, it, it, not to mention the, the uh, interviews between uh, Fox News and, and the Saudi prince mm -hmm. uh, and his interviews that Netanyahu did while he was there. It was just really, as you said, a tour de force. Yeah, uh, Netanyahu, he can be on a par with Elon Musk, uh, you know, one of the world's leading entrepreneurs, and then you know, with uh, maybe the UN leader. Uh, and also, not only was it Elon Musk, he had his first meeting with Joe Biden after he uh, right. <laughs> hadn't been invited to the White House for many months. Yeah. Uh, but also we talked about nations. He was talking not only to some of these leaders you mentioned, but also the head of the Republican of Congo, uh, right. to the leader of Paraguay, who now want to move their embassies here to Jerusalem. Exactly. And it's just it's this embassy thing is bigger than it's getting attention uh, in the United States. There's Papua New Guinea recently and Paraguay, as you mentioned, at the U.N. Mm -hmm. uh, the, these are only a couple of the nations that are, are on track to move their embassies. And so what began with President Trump five years ago is, is really coming into fruition, um, you know, with, with these embassy moves. And it starts... Uh, it starts a kind of cycle that says, wait a minute, Saudi normalization doesn't seem so far off anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I thought he handled things with the Biden administration, and, and President Biden was relatively amicable, although they do uh, insist on that two-state solution, which I don't even think the Saudis are necessarily behind anymore. They want a better life for Palestinians, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it all has to be built around a two-state solution. Yeah. And if you've got that element of it to the side a bit, you're talking about a completely revamped Middle East at some point. Yeah, it was that historic uh, interview with Brett Baer and the Crown Prince, uh, right. Mohammed bin Salman. In what way do you see that as really transforming the region? Well, if for one thing, economically, if you bring down some of these barriers that have always been bogged down in wars and, and conflicts like we see in Gaza all the time, you eliminate those, this, this place could take off economically for one thing. Not to mention uh, travel, transportation. Netanyahu's been very hitting that pretty hard lately about a vision for, for transportation network throughout mm -hmm. Asia, Europe, and joined in the Middle East. So there, there's, I mean, the possibilities are almost unlimited. And yet, 
when you get the media coverage, it's right back to judicial reform mm -hmm. as being and the end of Israeli democracy. And I think this visit kind of, kind of shook that up a little yeah. bit. Really, is it the end of democracy f for a leader like that to come and have all the impact that he did in one week? Yeah, and the Saudi deal also will open up Saudi, which is actually part of their 2030 vision, and and really a bulwark against Iran. And certainly going to transform the Middle East. Yes. John Wagi, thanks for your analysis and uh, insight. Thank you. Thanks. Well, Benjamin Netanyahu ended his week at the U.S. with a speech at the U.N. Here's an excerpt. I believe that we are at the cusp of an even more dramatic breakthrough, an historic peace between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Such a peace will go a long way to ending the Arab-Israeli conflict. It will encourage other Arab states to normalize their relations with Israel. It will enhance the prospects of peace with the Palestinians. It will encourage a broader reconciliation between Judaism and Islam, between Jerusalem and Mecca, between the descendants of Isaac and the descendants of Ishmael. Up next, sabotage, cyber warfare, and covert operations. A new book takes you behind the scenes of Israel's battle to keep a nuclear weapon out of Iran's hands. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all of the nations and given us his Torah. Audiences are raving about oracles of God. I believe this is an extraordinarily well-researched movie that indeed speaks about the integrity of God's Word. It's a real faith builder. It encouraged me to, to realize God's hand in preserving His Word throughout history. If God is not faithful to His Word, He is not faithful. But this shows that He is. What is it? I don't know. I thought you could tell me whether or not they're genuine. I would describe this movie as inspiring, captivating, excitement. It mattered to them to get it right. Everybody should watch this movie. Oracles of God, the story of the Old Testament. Available now for a gift of any dollar amount. He walked with the living God and showed us the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Pat Robertson, evangelist, humanitarian, statesman, educator, author, and visionary. Watch Pat's story and be encouraged by his many teachings. Go to cbn.com slash pat to learn more about what the Lord accomplished through this remarkable servant. As we enter the Jewish New Year, there's no better time to explore the holidays of Israel. In CBN's free guide, Israel's Major Holidays, you'll discover why these special occasions are so central to Jewish life and culture. You'll even learn about the biblical feasts and festivals that Jesus observed throughout his life. Get your free copy. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Israel Holidays. One of Israel's top priorities is to stop Iran from becoming a nuclear power. A new thriller pulls back the curtain and shows how Israel is using sabotage, assassinations, and secret diplomacy to prevent a nuclear Iran. 
Yona, great to be with you here at uh, CBN News. You uh, co-authored a book called Target Tehran. Why is this book so timely right now? So this book is super timely, not just because reviews have said that it's cool and a thriller, which is actually true, but because we're right in the middle still of the fight over the Iran nuclear standoff, right? Mm -hmm. Today, the IAEA director, Rafael Grossi, is going to put out a report saying Iran is getting closer to a nuclear weapon. They're going to say, well, maybe they've slowed down a little bit of the enrichment, but basically the idea is they haven't answered questions about their past military dimensions. They haven't restored all of the IAEA surveillance of the nuclear program, and they are still enriching the uranium. Israeli intelligence estimates are that they have enough uranium if they made the decision for five to six nuclear bombs. So this is the story of how the Mossad did a heist or stole or however you want to put it of Iran's nuclear secrets from under its nose mm -hmm. in 2018 and used the legitimacy of what that showed the world of Iran lying about the nuclear program to pull off all other kinds of amazing operations. Um, I have to say according to foreign sources because they're a censor, but basically blowing up Natanz in July 2020, a nuclear facility, April 2021, another one. June 2021, another one, the assassination of Mohsen Fakhri Zadeh, Iran's nuclear chief, in November 2020, mm -hmm. and all kinds of other exciting things. And it's all unusually being disclosed now, even though it's not 50 years later, which is the way it usually works. Yeah. Is that what makes this book so unique, that we're hearing about these stories in a time frame that's very unusual? Right. So basically, Benjamin Netanyahu, who was the prime minister at the time, even though there was a year and a half you know, hiatus, and he's now prime mm -hmm. minister again, he and the Mossad director at the time in 2018, Yossi Cohen, made this strategic decision to reveal the operation publicly to the world because they wanted to influence, at the time, President Trump to pull out of the Iran nuclear accord, the JCPOA. They wanted to influence the nuclear inspectors to put pressure on Iran about all of the lies that it had stopped going for nuclear weapons. And since then, the IAEA is still, again, mm -hmm. even today, going to be putting pressure on Iran because of that operation. And there's a chapter in here about divine intervention. What role do you believe the Almighty played in this? Right. So the divine intervention is chapter two. That's Mayor Dagan, who was Mossad director from 2002 to 2011. And he's talking about all kinds of assassinations that were attributed to the Mossad during his time period, cyber attacks during his time period that were supposed to push off, use divine intervention or the Mossad to push off Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. Israeli military intelligence said that they could have gotten a nuclear weapon even in the 1990s if nobody had been pushing them off. Me as a religious person, look, I also believe, you know, Israeli military is amazing. Israeli intelligence is amazing. But you have to say that, you know, the state of Israel coming up right after the Holocaust and surviving a very hostile neighborhood all of this time, I have to believe that there is a divine hand also helping Israel along with all of the great people in the military and intelligence. So where are we now in terms of negotiations and how close is Iran perhaps to getting a nuclear weapon? Iran has slowed, not stopped, but slowed its nuclear enrichment. From the American Biden administration perspective, that could be a win because if they stop the enrichment, if they're not moving forward, then they can say, well, we stopped Iran from going to a nuclear weapon. From the Israeli perspective, they already have enough enrichment for five to six weapons if they make the decision. And basically, it's a political decision, right? A Biden administration official, Colin Cowell, said to Congress a few months ago that if Iran made the decision, they could jump to 90 percent weaponized uranium in 12 days. That doesn't mean a nuclear weapon. They still have to solve some technical issues having to do with detonation and delivery. That could be another six months or another year. But the point is, there's some point 
where they cross a knowledge barrier that we would find it very difficult to send them back, even if there was a military operation. That's why you hear about people talk about 90% as the cutoff. And if there was 90%, both Israel and the United States would have to do something far more significant against Iran than what has been done up until now. Yeah. Well, you're in a very sobering analysis and very timely book. So thanks for joining us. And uh, looks like a great read. My pleasure. Up next, a prayer for repentance. Why these leaders gathered in Israel on behalf of the unborn. 2023 marks Israel's 75th anniversary. Wanting only a homeland of their own, the Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And so my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. You can stand with the nation of Israel and support their basic right to exist through CBN Israel. Your donation makes it possible to give humanitarian aid to Israelis in crisis while simultaneously reaching millions worldwide with breaking news and award-winning films that tell the true story of the Jewish people. Will you stand with Israel during their 75th anniversary? Call 1-800-265-0996. Go to cbn.com slash support Israel or text CBN Israel to The CBN News app, 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. It's estimated that one in every five Israeli pregnancies ends in abortion. That prompted Messianic and evangelical leaders to unite pastors and lay people in central Israel for collective act of repentance and petition on behalf of the nation. Take a look. Sandy Shoshani's organization, Bayad Chaim, or Pro-Life Israel, has saved an estimated 5,000 babies from abortion over the last couple of decades. It's a tough ongoing effort because of the ease in obtaining the procedure here. The government pays for the abortions. It's free for our national health insurance. In addition to changing hearts, she wants Israelis to realize two things. The baby in the womb is a human being deserving of rights because right now, according to legal, according to Israeli law, the baby is not a person until his head emerges from the womb. And number two, we want to say that women are hurt by abortion. Many women suffer from more drinking, depression, suicide rates go up. Abortion hurts women. Shoshani hopes to elevate the abortion issue to a level of debate here like it is in America. In the U.S., pro-family advocate Annabelle Wallnau tries to help impoverished women be able to afford having their unborn babies. There's much more opportunity now since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, sending the decision about abortion to the states. 
Wow, it was a big victory, you know, a very big victory. Um, in so many ways, a lot of people took courage who even were young and pregnant to have their baby. And yet, there's a big push towards having people discouraged into paying their way to other states to have those abortions. There's a strange attitude about the death of child in your belly. So there's a huge uh, distance span of people's appreciation of life. That appreciation is growing in Israel. A major step forward came 13 years ago at the Gardens of Life. There, women began planting trees to memorialize their aborted babies. Since then, the number of memorials have grown to more than 2,000. That's why a major event of the prayer initiative happened here as believers worshiped and prayed that abortion will become a rare event in the Jewish nation. And I believe that as we call out to God and say, God, would you please save the babies? Would you protect the babies? And would you restore the broken hearts of the Israelis who've had so many abortions? We believe that God is going to answer and heal our nation. Paul Strand, CBN News, The Gardens of Life, Israel. This spring, more than 5 million believers around the globe prayed and fasted for Israel. Now there's another call for 1 million Christians to pray for Israel as the Jewish people mark Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the Jewish calendar, coming up on September 24th. Well, we've got to continue to stand with Israel. They're in a very critical time right now. And on Yom Kippur, September 25th, coming up very soon, we're calling one million believers to stand even for one hour on that day. It's Israel's most holy day. We got ministries all throughout the land of Israel, and we're going to be praying together. We're going to capture this on God TV and various web streams, and so you can participate with us live or you can just get twos and threes, tens and twenties, meet in your church in a home group and pray for one hour. One million people for one hour seems like very, very doable thing. We'll have all the information on the Isaiah62fast.com, that website. We're hearing from our friends there in Israel that things are really heating up. I mean, politically, military, Iran's a threat, a number of other nations, and they really need us to stand with them right now. And so I want to encourage you, I'm imagining, I'm hoping we have many opportunities like this, more and more, to stand with Israel for such a time as this. I mean, if we had 5 million for 21 days, surely it's not a problem to get 1 million because we're alerted, the Spirit's waking us up, the Spirit the Spirit's stirring us up. So come and join us and be a part of that. We're gonna host prayer meetings here in Kansas City at the International House of Prayer, together with them in Jerusalem. God TV is gonna carry it with some different platforms. And you can participate with us and them together or just pray an hour and don't worry about or overly concerned about doing it at the same time we do, but get that one hour in. Bless you in Jesus' name. Still ahead, a witness to one of Israel's deadliest wars. We hear directly from a commander in the Yom Kippur War. Experience God's power in Superbook's Summer of Faith. Three stories of God's miraculous protection for those who hear His voice and believe what He says. You'll receive this end-of-summer bonus with Academy Express. Jesus feeds the hungry. Five loaves and two small fish are not enough to feed all these people. Jesus can do miracles. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Academy Express. Jesus feeds the hungry. 
plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as part of our Summer of Faith bonus, receive three Superbook episodes demonstrating God's awesome power. This special program, hosted by Gizmo, features a sing-along music video, a Bible background lesson, a gospel presentation, and even a family resource guide filled with scriptures, coloring pages, and other fun-filled activities. Join the CBN Animation Club, and for a limited time, receive the Summer of Faith bonus as our way of saying thanks. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us Regent. If you're tired and exhausted all day, you can't think clearly, and you really just need a cup or even a pot of coffee to get through your day, then join me, Dr. Josh Axe, for this new series where I'm going to teach you how to transform your diet and use essential oils and supplements to get a better night's sleep. Wake up to your best life. Call 1-800-700-7000 to get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep today. This year marks the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. On October 6, 1973, Arab armies mounted a surprise attack on the holiest day of the Jewish year. Several years ago, we talked to former Israeli commander Efi Tam, who was sent on a daring mission behind enemy lines when something unexplainable, perhaps supernatural, happened. Take a look. I was throwing hand grenades, shooting, you know, in the broad uh concrete corridors, and then when I turn behind uh, one of the corners of the corridors, which was full of smoke and dust, I saw a silhouette, a kind of um, coming, something coming out of the dust and the smoke towards me. I was very sure it's a, it's a Syrian soldier, and I, 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 I took my rifle and I was aiming the rifle, I was ready to pull the trigger. And then I saw a bird coming out of the smoke. She just flew behind my hand, and she stood on my right shoulder. So I just whipped her out, and she turned again and stood on my left shoulder. It was in the middle of a shooting battle, so I completed the assault and the hand grenades and everything. And when I went out of the bunker, I saw a dove, a pigeon, standing on my, on my left shoulder. I just tried to let her out of my shoulder, she turned, and she was very determined not to leave me. I put my hand just like that, and she stood on my hand. Despite Itam's attempts to get rid of the dove, she stayed with him and his unit for the next 10 days in some of the most intense battles of the Yom Kippur War. Since we had that angel protecting us, none of my company soldiers was killed or wounded. And we were involved in very, in very intensive battles. She was with us, patrolling a little bit forward, looking what's going on around, sitting here. Finally, after nearly two weeks of frontline conflict, Itam and his unit were sent to the rear for a rest. And when I put my, my feet uh, down the vehicle which brought us from the front to, to the territory of the state of Israel, 
She flew away and disappeared. It was in front of their eyes, thousands of soldiers. Since that experience, through many special commando operations, the sense of the miraculous and God's protection has never left Etam. The same protection promised in the 23rd Psalm. I train myself to see miracles uh, around me, around the, uh, the operations which I conducted. It's as we know, even when I am in valley of death and evil, I'm not afraid because God is with me. What an amazing story. Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on social media and access our content through our CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blasts. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.